0: Hello, it's the Vast Majority. I'm Jacobin Deputy Editor Micah Utrecht. We're now in week two of the protests that have swept the entire country and much of the world since the Minneapolis police murder of George Floyd. And the protests have been something really incredible to see for numerous reasons, but one of them is how they have made the demand to defund police departments around the country so central they've made it such common sense and in many cities and towns across the country elected officials who are decidedly not leftists have taken up the demand here in chicago we have six people who are elected to the city council who are members of the democratic socialists of america who are championing this demand to defund the police. Uh, Today, Monday, they have an op-ed in the Chicago Sun-Times that's entitled, Cutting funding for police could lead to a better and safer Chicago. The demand that they are putting forward is the demand that others around the country are demanding, which is that uh, at a time of... Devastating austerity to public budgets and the cutting of public services and public goods. Things like uh, housing budgets, public education, much more. Why are we spending, in a city like Chicago, 40% of the city's budget on the Chicago Police Department? The police department, uh, which, like every other major city in the country, has its own record of uh, police brutality and racism, Most spectacularly in the last few years in the shooting of Laquan McDonald, a black teenager who was shot 16 times. So we are talking today to two of the contributors uh, to that Chicago Sun-Times op-ed, both of whom have been interviewed in Jacobin before, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. Of the 20th Ward of Chicago, and Alderwoman Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez of the 33rd Ward. And they are two of the uh, six who wrote this op ed, the other four uh, being Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez, Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Alderman Andre Vasquez, and Alderman Daniel LaSparta. I'll link to their op ed in the episode description. Okay, here is my interview with Women Jeanette Taylor and Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez. Women Jeanette Taylor and Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez, welcome to The Vast Majority.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So let's just first talk about your own personal experiences with this moment that we're in. Uh, what was your initial reaction to... Uh, hearing about George Floyd and seeing the, the, the video that has caused these protests, and then also have you all been in the streets with the protests that have kicked off here in Chicago since that video went public?
2: I, I don't think that I have um, a way to describe uh, seeing the George Floyd video that was, I mean, the the amount of pain, um, the disgust, the frustration um the fact that we are still contending with this reality of police brutality and racism in in the United States is uh it's just it's a lot. Um and yes, I have been on the streets. Uh I feel like what I have seen on the street and, and on the streets and what I have um taken for myself is that shared feeling of of, of rage because I, I feel like that's what I felt when I saw that video, absolute rage, um, and it, it has been a, a really cathartic thing to see people share that that rage and take the take to the streets, um, and and raise their voices. Um, several people who I love dearly were arrested um, two Sundays ago uh, in High Park. I. I showed up at 51st and Wentworth, and what I encountered there was pretty incredible. I mean, there was a crowd of people outside um, waiting and demanding that these activists uh, were released, Um, and when I tried to go inside, I found, you know, a police force that was preventing lawyers from going in and talking to their clients. Um, and the lawyers were only able to go in because I was there uh, and I, you know, I got my badge and and they had to let them in, but people were being deprived of, you know, access to legal counsel. Um, These people were beat and were detained for no reason whatsoever. It was absolutely unnecessary. So what we're seeing here in Chicago on the ground is a, a, a ridiculous amount of of, of use of the police, deploying the police uh, to beat up black and brown people that are on the streets, protesting and manifesting that rage that we all feel, not only because of George Floyd's murder at the hands of, of police, but also all of the murders that have come before. Um, Breonna Taylor, for example, nothing has happened with, with, with the officers who killed her.
0: And Brianna Taylor, you're referring to uh, the woman, young woman in Louisville, right, who uh, was uh, killed by police recently, just before George Floyd.
2: She was in her
1: bed.
0: Right. Uh, And Alderman Taylor, how about your personal experiences with the the video and with the protests? The
1: video is nothing new to, to Black America. It happens all the time. This time it was videotaped. And so Black folks have been saying they've been killing Black folks for years and we've been saying that it wasn't right, it was unjust. And now that we have video, the world gets to see just how racist the police system is in this country, really how racist this country is altogether. And so for me, um, there is a fear, there is um, outrage, of course, but it also is it's a numbness, you get numb after a while. Because you see it so much. Let's go back to Rikia Boyd. Let's go to Laquan McDonald, Ronnie Mann Johnson. Those are all folks who have been killed by the police and nothing has happened. Um, Laquan McDonald's killer only went to jail because the city of Chicago rose up and said, no, he does not get to kill this young man after they lied after the police superintendent lied after the mayor lied after everybody lied after seeing this tape in every major city in the country we're tired especially when they're black and latinos too often we're killed and nothing happens these killers go away but we also have to go back and remember that the police department was never meant to serve and protect people of color you can't retrain people who are trained to beat people of color and see us less than human And so I've been to some protests. Um, I've also had to go to the police station to help people um, get out of jail. And so this 2020, and I just can't believe where this country is, but I'm not surprised. You could only do so much to folks and then you get what has happened in the last couple of weeks. And so while I don't agree with Luton, I understand. We're in a pandemic and people haven't worked in almost three months and you give them $1,200. What did they expect was going to happen? And then you have a mayor who is supposed to be progressive who won't defund the police or say, and will not say out of her mouth, she's too busy thanking the police. She won't say that this is wrong and we gotta do something about it. And so it's like, you got generations of folks who are old in an apology and we won't get it. And so this is what happens when you continue to ignore folks who are supposed to be human as you.
0: So you all both touched on a number of things I wanna talk about. Let's start with the demand to defund the police. You both are two of the six signatories on an op-ed that was published in the Chicago Sun-Times today is calling for defunding the police um first of all hopefully people who listen to this uh, podcast are familiar with this as a demand because it's become a central demand of the protests since they kicked off but let's uh, maybe rosanna you could just start with the basic case why is defunding the police such an important uh demand to be putting forward at this moment
2: Well, because the police is not designed to solve the problems um that that people are facing because police is not meant to, to protect uh, people, particularly black people, people of color. Um, if, if you want to have safe communities, if you want to keep people protected, people need things like jobs, decent-paying jobs with benefits and, se- and job security that are fulfilling, people need housing, nobody ever that does not have a roof over their head is safe. Um, people need support services, people need mental health services. We have a police force that is being called mostly to address nonviolent crimes, right? So people deserve to have their needs met and the police doesn't meet any of those needs. The police is there to punish mostly black and brown communities. Um, so if we want to see safe communities, if we want to see uh, communities that are whole, we need to start investing in the things that we know are going to keep people safe and are going to address uh, their quality of life um and we have to start by investing in black communities we have to start investing in the communities that have been the most devastated by this logic of austerity that has taken so much resources from the from the social services and the safety net that we should have as human beings and and then put it at the service of punishment um imprisonment and mass incarceration so we need to stop. If we really say that we care about about Black lives, that we, if we say Black lives matter, if we say that we care about our communities and particularly our communities of color, we better start investing in those communities and the things that actually makes us safe.
0: You all mentioned in the op-ed uh, numbers that are similar to other cities around the country, but are still staggering to think about. That 40 percent of the city of Chicago's budget is spent. Uh, going to the Chicago Police Department, the city spends $5 million on policing every day, uh, and those figures don't even include the $700 million in police misconduct settlements paid out in Chicago alone in the last nine years, which is a truly staggering number to think about. That sounds like a number that you would hear in the federal budget, Uh, not just the budget for one city and its own police brutality cases. Uh, so, forty percent of the Chicago city budget goes to CPD, uh, and seven hundred million uh, separately uh, to police misconduct uh, settlements.
2: If you compare the amount of money that we're putting into policing, for example, in the appropriation, uh, in the budget appropriation for two thousand and twenty, we have one point eight billion dollars, uh, roughly, for for police and then you have all the social service agencies together so that means the department of family and support services um, the chicago department for public health uh, the libraries the chicago commission and human relations office uh, for people with disabilities all of those together have roughly 1 billion to split into all of those agencies but we have 1.8 billion for policing in chicago and that Contrast is just stark, right? Like, what are you saying to people? What are you saying to our communities when you're saying, "I'm going to invest all of this money in policing you, um, and 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 only this amount in giving you the support that you need."
0: Alderwoman Taylor, are you surprised at how quickly the demand to defund the police has become such a rallying cry around the country? I mean, I know a lot of people hear that, and, and I would have assumed, certainly two weeks ago, I would have assumed that uh, such a demand was necessary, but not something that huge numbers of people would get behind. And yet, here you all are in the Sun-Times uh, making this case. Uh, there's traction all over the country and local governments to defund the police. So do you find it surprising that this has caught on so quickly?
1: No. I'm not going to pay people to kill me and my kind. Period. It. It's not a question. And any elected official that's saying anything different doesn't deserve to serve the public. Anytime that allies that are non-color are standing with us and saying, no, this is wrong. No, we need to defund police, because it's not just people of color. You got our Caucasian brothers and sisters who are protected by the Chicago Police Department the Police departments across the country saying no. We are not paying for our, for people to get killed. They are human like we are. We are not going to do this. And it's hilarious that we're we're protesting against police brutality and we're still getting beat up doing these protests. So can somebody explain that to me? I'm sure you couldn't.
0: You you would think that uh, when police are being protested for something, they wouldn't do the thing that they're being protested for in the protests. <laughs> it's, yeah.
1: The president of the police board here in Chicago got beat up at the Hyde Park protest.
0: Yeah, can explain you explain that to that me? For, for people who aren't in, in Chicago, can you explain what happened there? So
1: the Chicago police board president is a black gentleman named Guillaume Foreman. I have the pleasure of knowing Guillaume. And politically, sometimes I don't agree with gian but he's a really smart brother. The same protest where we had to get our young people who are in community organizations out of 51st Street at the police station, when they attacked them, they attacked him and did not know that he was the president of the police board. Why? Because he is a black man. So I don't care if you become the president, the president of the police board, a congressman or a senator, you are not exempt from, from the racist practices done by the Chicago Police Department.
0: Um, Alderwoman Rodriguez, can you talk about what has the, uh, the non-DSA, uh, non-community uh, organizer activist type uh, city council member been saying in response to these demands to defund the police?
2: Right now we are, we are lucky um, that we have uh, a voice like we have never had before in city council. There are six of us. That are uh, behind the rally to to defund policing, but we have other colleagues that are also progressives that are uh, having these conversations with us as well. Um, of course, there is a huge amount of council members that are not entertaining this idea and that are not going to um, are, are not willing to engage with, with, with this conversation right now. I think that we need to continue to push. Uh, So that this conversation is had. It is being had in New York. It is being had in L.A. Um, uh, It is definitely being led in in Minnesota. Um, We can't ignore this. We are elected and the people are out in the streets telling us what they want us to do. And and we have to we have to have that conversation. Um, So I'm proud to be one of the people leading uh, the charge to to force that conversation, because that's what it looks like right now. We're going to have to force this conversation. Uh, The mayor is currently talking about training. We know that the Chicago police is getting trained. I personally know people that are doing a lot of training around de-escalation, black history. There's people even having peace circles with police officers in, in, in CPD. Police is being trained. If you don't change the material conditions of people you're going to keep having the same situation because that is what the police is designed for. Um, so I I would say that, you no, know, we 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 don't have necessarily the support of, of a majority of city council, but we're going to have to make sure that that conversation is had.
0: Uh, what has been the reaction, if you've heard it, from your own constituents around this demand? I mean, are, are, do you feel like there is a clamor uh to defund the police from from the people in the communities that you all represent is it kind of mixed are there some people who are are, uh who definitely do not want to push forward that demand and uh how 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 do you see in your interactions with people in your own in the neighborhoods that you represent how to advance that uh, demand among people who might be skeptical of it
2: I have never gotten so many emails supporting something uh, that that I have been putting forward. I have never gotten so many emails from people saying we agree with you. We need to defund the police. So this this is actually a really interesting moment. We created a survey and we're putting it on our on our website uh, to let people come and tell us what are the thoughts around policing. Um, so, you know, as soon as we have like a, a good amount of responses in our survey, I'm going to make it public uh, so that people can see uh, what our community is saying uh, about this. Uh, but all we have gotten are emails from people agreeing with defunding the police and in support of CPAC as well, which the, the, the police accountability aspect of this is really important as well.
0: How about you, Alderwoman Taylor? What have your conversations with your constituents been like on this question? One of the things I
1: ran on in my campaign was CPAC. And so out of a race of twenty fifteen people, I wind up being the one. And it's because I talked about real accountability. We see police brutality every day in the simplest ways of, I remember the summer I ran, young man getting killed at the corner store and the police were laughing so just imagine seeing your friend lay on the ground and the police are laughing and then the store itself cleans up the blood and opens up like nothing happens and so that's a reality you see too often in my community and so i've gotten a host of emails that say defund the police and it's i i I can't do anything but adhere to that i got three black boys and i tell people all the time when i see 312 747 my heart drops because it's always the thought that it's going to be that call to tell me somebody shot one of my kids and that's not a reality that a white mother has in my in, in in the city of chicago why is it mine and i'm really tired of the rhetoric of it's a few bad apples the force watched that 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 police officer put his knee on in that in George Floyd's neck the force stood by and watched and so the force doesn't seem to be it's this code of silence. It's the one reason why I could never support Superintendent Eddie Johnson, because out of his mouth, he's going to say, if it's a code of silence, I've never seen it. Well, then you must be blind. You must be Helen Keller, because anybody could see <laughs> that, that, that there is this thing of corruption inside of CPD.
0: You both mentioned uh, CPAC, that's the Civilian Police Accountability Council that's uh, demand for a new police accountability board that's been advanced frequently over the last few years uh, by people who want to see progressive police reform. You all have uh, brought up uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Can you talk a little bit about what her response to these protests and her response to the demand to defund the police has been? We can start with uh, Alderman Rodriguez.
2: Well, what we have seen is an increased presence of police everywhere. We have seen the use of the National Guard um, in Chicago and uh, something that looks like a militarized state um, which is really unfortunate as other as woman Taylor said before um, we have seen a lot of police brutality we have seen cases upon cases of people that have been unjustly uh, arrested and beat up um, I am sure that we're going to be seeing a lot of lawsuits
1: don't forget about the private security she's purchased with their money
2: also, yeah, we, we just saw her hire a private company um, with $1.2 million, which we just don't understand. Like, we are saying that we don't have money. We're broke. But we can make money appear like magic for policing our communities. It's just, it's incredible. Uh, $1.2 million, just, just like that, overnight here you go I'm gonna hire a private company who has lots of shady issues um, uh, and just you know give them this money to keep us safe when what we have seen is that the protests have been mostly peaceful um, and I I think the, the response have been really repressive um, and I, and I don't understand why we are still not having a conversation about, about defunding police when this is being talked about in every other mayor city in, in the United States.
0: And has she explicitly rejected the demand to defund the police? Has she addressed it?
1: Uh, yes. We had a press conference on Friday. Jules is donating a million dollars to a rebuild fund in any purchase that you make um, goes toward that, that fund. And so they actually did the announcement in my ward. And so, uh, we lived in the food desert for a long time. And so we now have a Jules, it took everything in me not to get up out of my seat and walk off a press conference. And it's only because my constituents were watching because she would not own. And she said out of her mouth, I'm not going to defund the police. It wasn't a question about it. She didn't think about it. When she decided to hire this private firm, she didn't have a conversation with us. When she bought the National Guards to the city to protect downtown, there was not a conversation with us. And so you all need to know. We find out maybe an hour before you all find out when, it, when she goes on the news. They give us that much of up. We are not a part of the conversation. She doesn't have to. She has executive power. And you got to remember, we are two of the aldermen who voted no not to give her that power. Because we knew that they were just going to spend money out of the wazoo's and not and not talk to the people. And see, people have a misconception. We don't work for Mayor Lori Lightford. We are co-workers. She clearly doesn't understand that. I don't work for her. I work for the citizens of the city of Chicago in the 20th Ward. Rosanna works for the 33rd Ward citizens. We make decisions for our wards. We live here. She doesn't. And clearly she doesn't understand that, which is why even before this happened, it was so much contention between Alderman and her. Because there's this misconception of what her job is.
0: And you're referring to a recent uh, uh spate of measures that were passed through city council uh, that was basically giving uh, the mayor uh, an incredible amount of new authority. uh, And what critics like you all said was an undemocratic amount of authority and oversight in response to uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, She has uh, portrayed herself as a uh, progressive mayor. I mean, it's this kind of buzzword that uh, a lot of people seem to want to be uh, affixing to themselves lately. Uh, what What is your response to that characterization of her and her tenure as progressive?
2: <laughs> I don't think that anybody that calls themselves a progressive... Um... Can, you can't say that you're a progressive and at the same time be throwing police at, at protesters that are there saying Black Lives Matter and we don't want any more police brutality. You can not call yourself a progressive when you leave um, teachers out um, for 11 days going on strike for things as basic as social workers and nurses um i i i'm sorry i can't agree with the idea of somebody that says that they're progressive but then their actions don't reflect that and and granted progressive is a word that can stretch a lot
0: who who doesn't like progress right nobody's against progress
2: right but like right now for example the idea of defunding the police that is not a radical demand that is good government the idea of funding public services and making sure that people have their needs met that's just good government how can you say that you're progressive if you're not even entertaining having the conversation she doesn't even want to have the conversation she has decided that all communities have been asking her for more for more officers and for you know to have more policing in their communities and she's not going to 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 take resources away from policing well i am having a lot of people emailing me and telling me that they want us to defund the police and reinvest that money so i so she's clearly not listening to some people and i don't know if she's making a political calculation about you know who votes and who doesn't vote and you know who is ultimately going to keep her on the seat uh but what i'm seeing is a lot of support for for the idea of taking resources from policing and punishment and putting them into services to improve the lives of people.
0: You know, this week there was a kind of amazing turnabout on the part of Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York City, who last week was saying that he would not defund the uh, NYPD And then all of a sudden uh, this week after, you know, incredible scenes of uh, horrific police violence and the clear fact that people are not leaving the streets and are not abandoning this demand, uh, all of a sudden uh, this week, de Blasio seems to be changing his tune on whether or not uh, the NYPD should be defunded. And so it raises the obvious question about Chicago and whether the mayor here, perhaps in response to similar uh, continued... Uh, mass numbers of people out in the streets uh, will also uh, eventually change her mind about this demand to defund the police
2: yeah that has been pretty remarkable um, we we also saw um, mayor de Blasio completely justify um, how this police officers ran over protesters like you know their cars didn't have the ability to reverse um, so I <laughs> There's, I think there is uh, a lot of layers to, to what is happening right now, but the the pressure that has been created by these protests is just way too powerful. Um, it is really hard for anybody that is elected right now to ignore uh, this moment.
0: And uh, just to end here, uh, first I'll start with you, Elder Woman Taylor. Uh... The demand for defunding the police is obviously about taking resources away from the police. And so when you look at the protest sign that says defund the police or defund the CPD, you're thinking about taking money away from the cops. But the whole point of doing that, of course, is to direct money to other areas uh, of social policies that could actually be beneficial towards people's lives and could actually create real safety in people's lives. Uh, So you two uh, represent two very uh, different uh, districts in the, in the city of Chicago, but but certainly two districts that uh, could use quite a bit of additional resources to do all kinds of things. And so if, if there were to be some kind of massive defunding of the Chicago Police Department uh, and there would be a new amount of money uh, freed up in the Chicago uh, budget, uh, what would you all want to see those resources be used for in the communities that you represent?
1: Education, housing, and employment. Education is the fundamental to everything. Whatever you want to become, you need to be educated. And so why, are the, why is the money not into that? I'm in a community that will be gentrified because of the Obama presidential center. Why would you not put it in housing? I have a population of homeless teens that live in my community. And so put it. there are plenty of places she can put it. The reason why young people don't have anything to do because there's no money in social services. There's no money in after school programs. There's no money in summer summer programs. And so there are plenty of places that money could go. If we're talking about helping a generation that we've neglected, This is the same generation that had to do it with school closings in 50 50 major cities. This is the same generation that we closed their mental health clinics. This is the same generation that we took away the bare necessities they need. And what I tell folks is, it's just like a cat. Your cat loves you, but back it in the corner and see what's going to happen. He's going to come out scratching. And so that's what we're seeing in all these major cities around the country. These folks are tired, and they should be. This is on us to fix it. And the thought that you are okay with not defunding the police, even the thing that happened with the young man who was at the basketball court and she walked up to to say, go home, it's COVID. How do you know he has a home to go to? How do you know he's not in the house of 10 people? You never said hello, you never asked him how he's doing. You don't know what our young people are experiencing because they are now at home and not at school where they're safe spaces. Every school in the city of Chicago should have a nurse and a psychologist and a counselor. They don't have that. So it's plenty of things we could spend the money on.
0: And in your reference there, uh, you're mentioning the basketball court incident. You're talking about a recent incident in which uh, Lori Lightfoot was going around the city and and lecturing uh, young people, in particular in public, and telling them uh, to go home. How about you, uh, Alderman Rodriguez? Uh, What would you do in your ward with the money that'd be freed up from defunding the police?
2: We need housing. I have a, a huge homeless population. We need jobs. Um, particularly for young people um, and we need a lot of money invested in education in restorative justice um, for our schools um, and within mental health services, um, I have a huge undocumented population in, in my community that doesn't benefit from a lot of resources, so putting those resources in places like schools where everybody is able to access them is going to be really important, and being able to provide a lot of those services through institutions that are going to be able to cater also to service uh, the undocumented community. Um, we also need to strengthen the fabric of, of our communities and uh, there's a lot of things that we can be doing in, in order to do that because one thing that we have seen um, through COVID-19 because we it became really evident that we didn't have a social safety net, there's nothing in place when all of a sudden people started losing jobs and people you know, couldn't pay their rents and people were scared that they were going to get evicted. Um, we have seen an incredible response from the communities uh, creating mutual aid networks incredibly fast so that we could address the needs of the people. That work needs to be done also by the government, right? Like we need to be creating programs that are going to address those needs in the community. Um, so I'm really grateful for, for for the ability that we have as a community to do that, but we, we also need to make sure that the government is doing their job in in order to meet those things.
0: Great. Well, thank you both so much.
2: Fund our lives and fund black lives. That's right.
0: If you haven't gotten out into the streets, I have to say that it's a really depressing time in America, in the world right now, as a result of all kinds of things at the end of the Bernie Sanders campaign, which represented so much political hope for so many of us but also just the devastation that COVID-19 has wrought. I have gone to protest, you know, very worried about the public health concerns that come along with getting together with uh, thousands or tens of thousands of other people in the street. But I have to say that being in the streets this past weekend in Chicago and in the week before that really lifted my spirits in a way that uh, hadn't been lifted uh, basically since quarantine began. I was particularly moved Uh, as I said on a recent interview with the criminologist Alex Vitale on Jacobin's stay-at-home YouTube series, uh, by going to a protest in downtown Chicago and having to pass by uh, the National Guard, military Humvees, soldiers literally in their fatigues in the streets, very bizarre and terrifying sight in downtown Chicago. Uh, I, I passed by, you know, these guys armed to the teeth with weapons of mass death, who could have mowed me and the thousands of other people who are around me down at any moment if they so chose, and faced with that kind of potential for uh, real uh, death and destruction, tens of thousands of people in Chicago didn't care, have taken to the streets anyway, are walking right by those armed soldiers and police officers and demanding justice uh and it's an inspiring thing to see and also one that reminds you that no matter how loaded for bear these cops are and how soldiers are mobilized into the american cities millions of people are still mobilizing and refusing to be cowed by the overwhelming firepower that they are up against so if you haven't been out in the streets yet Do so safely, but make sure you do so because uh, it will most likely make you feel a lot better about the state of our world to be participating in these kind of uh, really unprecedented action, the likes of which almost none of us have ever seen in our lifetimes.